theyeshiva.net. So first and foremost, welcome everybody and good morning. And thank you for joining us. And Ruchim uh, Habayim, wherever you are, around the world virtually, welcome. We're very happy to be together and thankful that we could be together. Today's shear, like all of the learning now, is of course dedicated to all of our brothers and sisters here and the world over who need a refuah shleim and a refuah kareva, and may God bring them a complete and speedy recovery and heal them from uh, this very challenging infectious disease. I, uh, I asked two people yesterday if I should go on this week with the regular shiurim because there was a part of me that felt that maybe it was insensitive in the face of uh, enormous suffering and uh, tragedy and loss of life and serious illness. So I asked two people whom I uh, respect and I trust. So one person responded to me and said, if you would ask the souls of those who departed, those who passed away, some of you have friends, relatives, what what would they say? Do you think they would say yes? Or they would, you think they would tell you, no, don't. Stop it the whole week. Just sit at home and, uh, you know, and worry you'll be anxious. <clears throat> of course, they would tell you yes, probably. Ask, you can think if you would ask them, <clears throat> especially if you dedicated to them and to their families. And the same is true, the people who are sick, what would they want you to do? That was the first answer. The second person I asked... <clears throat> Pointed me to a Gemara in Masechah Erevin, Daf Nun Dalad Amid Aleph, where the Gemara says, Chash Bereshay, Yasek B'Torah. When somebody's head is in pain, he should learn Torah. Chash B'Groinay. When somebody has anxiety or pain in the throat and in the whole area of the lungs, Yasek B'Torah, he should learn Torah. Chash B'Meyav. If his intestines are are hurting, yasef b'toyra, and then chosh b'chol gufay, the whole body is hurting, yasef b'toyra. Shenemar l'chol psare marpe, for all the flesh it will be a healing. The point of the Gemara there is that toyra is mevia refuah la'olam, and therefore he said it's such a week you should learn much more. You want to bring in every positive. Uh, ounce of light and healing energy into the community and into Rockland County and into Muncie and into New York and into the world. So he said, you should only increase, not decrease. So I took their cue. I took their cue and uh, here we are today learning in uh, in the merit and the schus of all our brothers and sisters we need a refuah shleim and a refuah And may God bring them a complete and speedy recovery, very, very speedily, to them, 
to all of the Jewish people, to all good people, to the entire planet. It's been quite a surreal, surreal uh, few days, or soon a few weeks. And uh, we are known in the Tanakh as Am Siridei Charev. You remember that old song of the London School of Jewish Music, you remember? Am Siridei, Siridei Charev, Halach Well, if you don't know it from the Pasuk, you know it from the song. It's one of those old classic songs, I don't know, Perchei or the London School of Jewish Music. Am Siridei Charev. Am Siridei Charev means a nation that survives the th- the sword when uh, when uh, when war breaks out the best of people comes out the worst of people comes out there are people who are <clears throat> passive or sometimes contribute in opposite ways and then there are people that best comes out they don't think but their inner gut their their kishkas their neshama their essence comes out as servants. They're in battle, and they know their job. It's not about understanding. It's not about expectations. It's about leadership. And I feel this is such a moment. We are facing a war. 7.7 billion people are facing a war of an invisible enemy. And uh, in a time of war, the best of people comes out. The best of people is their leadership, their dedication, their uh, relentless selflessness, their sacrifice, their resolve, and most important, their courage. Their courage comes out. And you see it today in quite a few people. You also see the opposite. People who are careless, you know, think people, mamish and careless, just thinking about their own spiritual perfection, whatever it may be. I told the kids yesterday that somebody asked Rabbi David Cohen, Cohen from uh, from Goyavitz, from Flatbush. He's one of the big poskim. If uh, if somebody goes to shul to daven, because Shabbos there was still shuls open. If it's a mitzvah habar <laughs> if it's a mitzvah that comes to sin, you know, like stealing matzah. So Rabbi David Cohen said, "No, it's not a mitzvah habar it's a cheftzeshel aveda. It's not a mitzvah that comes through, and it's not a mitzvah and aveda. It's a cheftzeshel it's, it's aveda. It would be like if you don't have matzah for Pesach. So instead of matzah, you say, oh, I have an idea. We'll eat chametz. <laughs> not a mitzvah above aveda. <laughs> right? So this guy who asked the question, Robert Kaya, is a very, very, um, lit for your mind, so to speak. So he tells me, I liked how he said it. It's a certain way of thinking. He said, I want to clear to say that people are going to shul. You have to tell them that when they get home, they should re-daven. They should daven again because they weren't yotze. They weren't yotze, they're davening. When they come home, they should daven again. The Gemara calls it, It's like somebody, uh, somebody eats tray for food and they, well, they want to bench. And was it In any case, different types of people emerge in these situations. And uh, we have to be together, unified, with high spirits, not because of insensitivity, but because of courage. 
When soldiers are in battle, they must have high spirits. Not because there's no casualties, and not because they're naive, but because they have to win. And winning only happens in joy and high spirits and trust and unity and leadership and dedication and resolve. And certainly as Jews, we know how deeply the physical and the spiritual are connected and how deeply uh, Torah and the world are connected. It's a lot of what we learn about throughout the year. So therefore, based on the advice of these two uh, confidants, uh, we continue, and not only we continue, we increase, notwithstanding the very powerful and challenging emotions that I'm sure each and every one of us has in our own way individually and collectively and all of the questions and uncertainty that we are uh, that we are facing. So we're going to continue now. And uh, it's... Uh, I'm just going to add one more, <coughs> one more important point, and this somebody else told me yesterday, and it was just a very powerful line. <sighs> My wife told it to me actually. <sighs> I was speaking to her about the situation, and she said to me, "She said everything you learned your whole life, everything you learned your whole life." is for moments like this. It's for moments like this. That's when people are tested. And the question becomes, if it was real, or it was just, you know, entertainment. Let's face it, a few weeks ago, everybody would have Pesach plans. I was supposed to go to, it, to Italy. It's funny. I was supposed to go to Italy. Some of you were supposed to go to Etzisro. Some Florida, California. Stay home and go on Chalamaya trips, right? Disney World. Whatever it is. But, uh, but you know, life, life has changed drastically. So she said, everything you learned in your whole life, it's for these moments. It's mamish for these moments. So that was, uh, I think that's very, very true about all of us. Especially those who have been joining us here learning pretty deep, refreshing and revolutionary ideas, you know, the depth of Torah, really it's all for this moment. It's all for such moments when there is uncertainty, when there's crisis, when there's sadness, when there's pain, when there's a lot of suffering, when nobody has the answers. From President Donald Trump to a uh, very simple poverty-stricken individual, from the greatest billionaire or celebrity or genius to the most simpleton. Nobody has the answer. Everybody's trying, but nobody has the ultimate answers. Nobody knows the reality. Nobody knows how long. Nobody. So in such a moment, our in, innermost resources and resolve come out, and they're not of understanding. They're not intellectual. You don't win battles with intellectualism. Normandy was not... Uh, one through academic soldiers. It's people who have their souls and their hearts and their minds in the right place. They know they have a job and they, they are present in that moment. Presence. Presence. It's not a time to numb yourself uh, with videos and video games and all that. 
Um, I understand sometimes maybe people need a little distraction, but it's really a very, very serious and intense time in the world. And everyone in their own way is a leader. You're a leader to yourself, to your spouse, with your spouse, to your children, to your loved ones, and to your sphere, sphere of influence. It's time to step up to the plate on every level, my dear brothers and my dear sisters. So now we're going to continue learning. Those of you who have the source sheets, great. If you don't, you can go to the yeshiva.net. You'll see Hasidus Monday morning. Today is Hey Nissen. Hey Nissen. Tovshin Pei, 5 Nissen, 5780, Parshas Tzav, March 30th, 2020. Monday morning. I welcome everybody who's here. You can ask your questions and text them to 845-777-4747. Did I get it right? I still have to look this thing up. What do you say? When you want to remember something, you remember. There's some things I'll never forget, and some things... 845... I got it right. 845-777-4747. You can text your questions. 845-777-4747. You know what we did with the kids yesterday? Whoever wanted a shout-out, they texted us, and we shouted out their name. So if anybody wants a shout-out that you're here, and you woke up so early, and you're present, and you're not sleeping, and... Uh, you want a shout out? I'm happy. I'm happy to do that. Not a question. See, the kids were not embarrassed to say, I'm here. I want validation. I don't know how many of you are ready to say, I'm here and I want validation. Okay. The first shout out is going to be for me. Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson is here and he wants validation. And I'm telling you that I'm here. If anybody else wants a shout out, he can text and I'll be happy to do that. So if you have a source sheet, please open up. Last year was, uh, I would say pretty profound uh, about uh, the levels of Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama. Now we're going to continue. We're on page Kuf, Ayin, Aleph. Kuf, Ayin, Aleph. And uh, a few lines from the bottom. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. The line starts, V'zehu, V'zehu. Okay. We're going to read more, a little more inside. All of our midas down here are a reflection of spiritual midas. Everything is evolved. Physical and the spiritual are connected. And the human soul and the higher realities are all connected. Midas are rooted in the world of Yitzira. Shesham mechzal mechzera. Arizal says in Kabbalah, is an expression that Asiya is Rubai Ra and Mi'utai Toiv. Yitzira Mechzal Mechza, Briya Rubai Toiv, Mi'ut Ra, and Atsilas is Kulai Toiv. What does this mean? Ra means brokenness. I told you many times the word Ra doesn't mean evil or bad in its original. We call it bad, ra, you're doing the bad thing. But in its, its original word, ra, means brokenness. In Baba Kanda, some of you have learned perikakainas. I see at least one Bacher who learned perikakainas. There's an expression called kaisel ra'ua. What's kaisel ra'ua? Kaisel ra'ua means a shaky, wobbly wall that's not stable. In kaihelis, there's an expression, uh, hevel ru'us ruach. 
Ru'us ruach means broken spiritedness. Because all negativity begins in a sense of brokenness, in a sense of fragmentation. You're not connected. You're not connected with the source. So that's what rise. So in Asiya, the world of Asiya, meaning the lowest world, what do I mean the lowest world? The world that we naturally perceive intuitively without deeper reflection and experience, without our deeper souls, is mostly broken. It's mostly disconnected. Uh, this Yitzira is half and half. Bria is minority disconnected, mostly Kaif. And Atzillus is all about connection. That's what it means. Yitzira is Mechza al and that's where Midas come from. So therefore, the bitl of the Ra cannot be accomplished in the world of Midas. Moichen originated in the world of Bria. Over there is only a miut of brokenness. And that's why the bitl of Ra, brokenness, and the transformation of the human condition happens in the world of Bri and not in the world of Yitzira, which in Avoida means it happens in the world of Meichen and not in the world of Midas. It happens in the world of ultimate awareness, of transcendence, and not in the world of my own emotions, which ultimately have my own subjective experience as the core upon which reality revolves. The habitl de Midas, who can dover zor shenichnas ala kodesh, an example for this in halacha would be the difference between something that is mundane, which is brought into holiness, but it never really becomes holy itself. It's absorbed, it's connected but it doesn't become sacred. For example, somebody sanctifies an animal as a carbon. It's actually the, the parshias of these weeks, Vayikra Tzav, Shmini. Somebody takes an animal and says, right? I take a sheep and you want to sanctify it as a carbon, whether you're obligated or you're not obligated, you're just giving it as a contribution, a nether or a nedava, different, different formulas and halacha. But the point is you confer sacredness on, the, on this animal. Now, it's a very serious thing. This animal is now hektish. It, it has kedusha sakarban. So he says, but it's not called kodesh mamish. What do we mean it's not called kodesh mamish? There's still, there's still a very big difference between this state and then the second state, when you bring it to the base hamikdash, and it actually gets offered, and its flesh or fat gets placed on the altar, and it's consumed in the divine fire. Now it's actually a carbon. It's not only sac- consecrated for a carbon, it actually becomes Kedusha itself. And that's the difference between the Bittel of Midas and the Bittel of Meichen. In the Bittel of Midas, it's still like something alien, something far which was entered into the world of holiness. There's inspiration, there's holy inspiration, there's beautiful inspiration, but ultimately there's still like, there's a dissonance, there's a dissonance. And that dissonance ultimately is evidenced in the fact that later 
there can be the opposite type of inspiration, as we explained earlier in the previous year. The second state of Moshe, there's no dissonance anymore. There's complete, complete oneness. And therefore, there's no room for a parasite to get nurture from it and utilize those emotions for brokenness. And here we come to the two types of Jewish servants, the male one and the female one. In Allah, you have an Evid Ivri is a male servant, and an Amma Ivri is a female servant. The Evid Ivri, the classic job of the Evid was, a lot of it was transport bringing things from the field to the house, from the marketplace to the house, bringing from the outside, he brings it from a place of separation into the private domain. But it's not fixed up completely. What he brings is usually not edible yet. Classic job was that the Evan would go and he would buy or purchase Raw meat from the marketplace. It's not yet edible. Yes, he brought it from the marketplace to the house. It, there's a potential here to eat it. But at this moment, the person can't really gain life from it or pleasure from it because it's not edible. Or the servant goes and brings... Uh, unbaked bread, meaning he brings flour, goes to the marketplace and he purchases flour. He purchases grain and perhaps he grinds it and, and makes flour. It's not yet edible. You can't eat flour. The role, classic, classical role in halacha of the Amoivriya, of the female servant. Her job was usually to work in the house to bake to cook. It takes the materials that the Evid Ivri, the male servant, brought in and it transforms it that it can become edible. The meat is cooked now. You can eat it. It can become part of your bloodstream. It can help you. It can it can become part of your circulatory system. The body digests it and breaks apart the meat. Or the same is true. She bakes the, she kneads the flour and the water and she bakes it into bread or whatever else she does, whether she bakes the, cooks the vegetables or cooks the chicken or cooks the meat. It now can become part of the human condition quite literally. What is this amashal? Lefisha amma yivriya zau pchines neshama. Shemitzat pchines neshama adayu meshama es tiva legame. The amma yivriya status and halacha is reflective of a spiritual state. It's avodas Hashem with the state of neshama. And the state of neshama, here, you transform yourself completely. The whole different experience. And that's the difference between the Evid Ivri and the Amevri. What does this mean? We spoke about three states. Evid Knaini, Evid Ivri, Amevri. You have to still retain what we learned in other shiurim, because if not, it's very hard to understand the Hemshecheh. And I don't want to go back and, and re, redo it. We do it all because we won't get any further. What's Evet Knaini? Evet Knaini was the slave purchased from the non-Jewish world. Evet Ivri is also a slave, but a Jew. 
completely Jewish. Evet Kleine becomes semi-Jewish. Amma Ivri is also a Jew. a Jewish girl who's sold as a maidservant. I told you in the beginning of the matter, we're going to get to the halachas of Amma Ivri and see how the spirituality explains the physical halacha. It's very difficult to understand Amma Ivri, what it means a father sells a girl as a slave, as a female slave. It needs real explanation. But... I first want to discuss it from the spiritual perspective and then get back to the halachic perspective because it's all mamish connected and it's very, very rich and beautiful to see the, the, the symbiosis, the connection between the two. Eved Knaini is nefesh. Eved Ivri is ruach. And Eved and, uh, and Amma Ivri is neshama. Eved Ivri is Eved Knaini is asiya. Eved Ivri is yitzira. Amevri is Bria. Evet Knaini is Hoidu. Evet Ivri is Baruch Shaomar Vahayo Haolam. Asha Yosha Vesecha. Vaatam Achaya is Kula. Az Yosha Moshe. Yahalu Hashem Hashem Kinis Kushmelu Vadim. Amevriya is Hameir Laaritz Vadar Malaha. Kula Mechablim Aleim El Malchus Shemayim. Kaddish, 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 Avas, Eilam, Avtanu, and finally, Shema Yisrael, Hashem, Alekeinu, Hashem, Echad. Okay? So, every day in Davening, I evolve. Evet Knaini is the beginning, baseline. That's baseline. Evet Ivri is the next. Amma Ivri is the next. What's the difference? The Evet Knaini is Bechlam not interested. <laughs> not interested. Avda, Be'efkeire, Nechale, the Gemara says in Gittin. Daf Yud, I think. Avda be'afkei nichele. I would like to be a hefker yung. I would love to be frivolous. That's a very real, authentic part of me. Just to acknowledge that is invaluable. To say yes, that's fine. But you're still an event. That's fine. Avda be'afkei nichele. Shmaka's story, I'll tell you. One of the presidents of Israel, the third president of Israel, was a Jew named Zalman Shazar. I don't know if you heard, if you know a little bit of Israeli history. His name was Zalman Shazar. Schneir Zalman Shazar. His real name was Rubashov. It's a Russian name. But uh, he came, he was a, a Zionist and a Chalutz and a left-winger. He left the tradition of his uh, family somewhat. And he became a very left-winger, socialist Zionist. He was part of the Mapai movement of the Mapai. He was, uh, I think, the first minister of education in the Israeli government. He was a thinker, a poet, uh, a speaker, an interesting man, a personality. And he became the third president of Israel. He served for 10 years, 1963 to 1973. Now, he was named after the Balatanya, Zalman, Shnei Zalman, because his Zayda was a Chabadnik, and his Elter Zayda, or Elter Zayda was a Chosid of the Balatanya. So he used to come a lot to the to the Lubavitcher Rebbe to visit. A lot. He came a few times. And it was sensational because he was the president of Israel. But in 1948, he came to the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe for a fabrengen. Yutes Kislev Tov Shemches. Yutes Kislev Tov Shemches is November 1947. I don't know if that date strikes a chord in any of you. But if you know a little modern Jewish history, you know November 47 was, of course, the time when the UN had to vote if Israel, if the Jews can create a state or not. That was Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Tovshin Ches. 
November 47, and a few days before, he was by the Lubavitcher Rebbe in Crown Heights, the previous Rebbe, Rebbe Yosef Yitzchak, who was already two years before he passed away in 1950, so the Rebbe, in the middle of the Fabrengen, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe, mentioned this Gemara, Avda Behefkeda Michelet. Evid loves Hefkedas. Remember, the Zalman Shazar left everything, but he was a very strong Zionist, and he came back to his roots, like, he came back to his roots. So the, so the, the Lubavitcher Rebbe mentioned this Gemara, Avda Behefkeda Michelet, that an Evid Likes of Kedus. So Zalman Shazar, sitting by the Fabrengen, looks up at the Lubavitcher Rebbe, and he says in Yiddish, he says in Yiddish these words, he says, Avdeyeh, yeah, Michelei, Nisht, Nisht. He says, A slave, yeah, Hefker, yeah, but Michele, not. He's not happy with it. He's not happy. He's behefkeda, but nish Michele. He was like saying about himself that there's still a, uh, you know, a deep connection to Yiddishkeit, even though he was not really religious at that time. The Lubavitcher Rebbe accomplished unbelievable things in Israel, in the secular modern state of Israel, because of their relationship. Because he was completely, officially secular and very left-wing. But he accomplished a lot. What's my point? In an evident, there's so many levels. As he said, how much does your rebellion come out in actions and words and thoughts? But there's a lot of rebellion. And there's no inspiration. There is unconscious inspiration. Yes. You remember? There is even makifim of nefesh and ruach. Meaning you get stuff in a deeper, more internal way, but not completely inside of you, and therefore there's still a lot of rebellion and alienation. But, he shows up. There's Evid Ivri. Evid Ivri is already much deeper. Evid Ivri is somebody who's in touch with the middas of the Nefesh Alekis. So there's inspiration. And the animal soul is subdued. There's a real davening. There's Avas Hashem, there's Yiris Hashem. Gevaldik. What's the metaphor of Evid Ivri? What does Devadivri do? Devadivri doesn't work outside. Devadivri was usually charged with the mission of going out and bringing it all inside. What does this mean? He can bring in even the animal soul. He can inspire the animal soul. Because when the inspiration, Ruach, not Nefesh, when Ruach comes to fore, the animal soul is also on a high. It's at least quiet. It's at least weakened like a hibernating beer. So this is the Evadivri. He takes the food, he takes the he goes to the he goes to the marketplace, he brings in meat, he brings flour, he brings grain from the field to the silo to the house. He brings it in, or he says, he brings the behemoth into Hektish, into Kedusha. He brings it in. But the food is not ready, the food is not transformed. The food is in my house, but it's still raw. I can go into the kitchen and see the meat and see the flour. I can't eat it. The Amavriya takes it and cooks it, and now it's transformed. It's a different entity. So the difference of Evid Knaini and Evid Ivri is space, but not transformation. But Evid Knaini, it's outside, meaning 
I don't bring in my animal soul inside. I'm not inspired. I'm not. I have a commitment. I have core values that I'm not enthusiastic about and I'm not feeling. But my animal soul remains completely outside, completely alien. Despite that, I can do the right thing. And that's an incredible skill in life. Because who doesn't have moments of Ebed Knaini constantly? In fact, often he says, you're mourning, don't expect anything else. You have to show up. You have to show up. I'm in the mood. And that's more important than anything. Because on that you build. On commitment, that's where you build. Commitment. That's the power. Yeah. That's why you can't jump to Eved Ivri and Amma Ivriya if you don't go through Eved Knaini. Because Eved Knaini is like a baseline. It's the beginning of it. But my food, but it's still outside. My animal soul is not in. My animal soul is out of Befkeidah Nicholet. Even if not Nicholet, but Befkeidah. What means Nicholet? Nicholet means I'm not excited about this whole program. There's a lot of rebellion. On what level? He said, could be Maisa, could be Dibur, could be Machshava. Could be your Tavi. Tavi Avdi Kosher Haya. Wow. What an Evet Knaini. That's a very elevated Evet Knaini. In other words, the conviction is so powerful that even his thoughts are in control. Even his words are in control. Which is profound. Which is very profound. <laughs> very profound. I'm laughing because last time... You know, we're speaking about Amevriya, and it sounded like it's not to be Mavatl, it's powerful stuff. Ebed Ivri brings in the food. He brings everything in, but there's no transformation. There's no real transformation. Why? The food is raw. The question is if it's outside or inside. What is that a metaphor? That during a good davening or a good shear, or a good niggin, or a good story, there's an inspiration, but not transformation. Because the inspiration is ultimately, what I'm looking for is, I want the high. And and it may be my godly soul is experiencing the high. So at that moment, the animal soul joins the party, but it was not transformed. And in a few hours from now, I still remain the same person, the Zelda behemoth. I'm really the same behemoth. Yes, sometimes the behemoth sings Jewish songs. <laughs> you understand? The behemoth sings Jewish songs. The behemoth got excited. And it could even be real. Sometimes it's fake. I'm not talking about that. Talking, even if it's real. Because Midas, by definition, is still in the world of separateness. It's in the world of his stylus. I'm looking to get excited by God. I'm not looking for God. I'm looking to get excited by Judaism. I'm not looking for Judaism. This is very deep. It's very, very subtle stuff. I told you last time that if you agree with this immediately, then you could leave the shear. I like the excitement, the passion. Even midas of the nefesh and the kiss, which are authentically divine, are not kalim for elikus. Because for to be a kalim for elikus, you need the transcendence of the eye, where the eye touches a place that is deeper than the eye. And over there, there's no emotions. Not because there's no emotions. There's deeper emotions. But it's not about emotions. The emotions are a natural outgrowth of the deepest relationship. The emotions are not separate anymore. What does the Amma Ivriya do? She takes the raw food and she transforms it. In Meichin, that's where there is rebirth. That's where 
a person can really affect transformation. Every person is capable of transformation. Transformation doesn't mean you become a zombie. Transformation means that your animal soul opens up to its truth. Transformation means that I don't live in a toxic, broken, fragmented place. I live in a place of infinity. For that to, real, for that to really, really happen, transformation happens through this real type of avoid of the Amma of the Meichim. V'zel Sha'amar, Kuf Ayin Beis, one, two, three, four, five, five lines from the top. V'zel Sha'amar, Lo Yiseitzei Ketzei Sa'avon. When the Pasuk introduces the Amma Yivriya, it says something very enigmatic. V'chiyim Kerish is bitter lo Amma, Lo Yiseitzei Ketzei Sa'avon. The Parshish Meshpat. When a man sells his daughter as a maidservant, she should not go out as a slave. Now, it doesn't mean literally she does go out. She goes out if she's 12. She goes out if she's served six years. She goes out if there's money to buy her back. The Zohar says, it's not like the Jews left Mitzrayim. They left Mitzrayim in haste. And she goes out differently. What does this mean in the Zohar? It's a strange remez. When male slaves go out of slavery, they have to rush. When the female goes out, she doesn't have to rush. Because by Avodim, the brokenness was not transformed, so you have to always run away. You have to run away because there is a voice lurking in you which will schlep you back into slavery if you don't run. You're running away from a part in yourself. You can't just walk calmly out of your state of avdus because there is a part of you that will pull you back into avdus. In the haste of the slaves to leave, to leave servitude, there's different dimensions. Aleph. The first is the ability to mamish run away from real ra. The certain things you're not allowed to do because it's dangerous for you. You have to run away from it. If you stick there, you could get swallowed up. The Gemara famously says in Amaretz, which means somebody who's very divorced from the spiritual man of the only of the earth of the land Am Haaretz is not allowed to eat meat. Lefisha Basar who gvuris Basar eating meat is very intense experience. The, the acknowledgement of it. Basar is gvura. Basar is very strong. It's very powerful. Meat is powerful. Omaisir chayim hativi, and it adds tremendous natural warmth to the body. Harei kosha. It's not easy to refine the meat, to use the meat as an instrument for your infinity. There's certain foods, if you can't refine it, don't go there because it's going to slap you down. Just like we all know, some of us have a food addiction, right? There's certain foods, yeah, I, can't, I don't eat one potato chip. If I eat one potato chip, I eat the whole bag. If you give me cake, I don't eat a little tiny piece like my wife does. She takes off a piece and she eats shminis, shabbat shminis, shabbat shminis. 
Yeah? I eat, I finish the cake, and I'll finish another piece of cake. When you have an addiction to something, you have to stay away. The Gemara says about a nazir. They tell them, don't get close to the vineyard. Alcoholics. They're not going to drink wine by the Seder. Why? What's the big deal? I could drink four cases of wine because they drink one cup of wine, chayzavinir. Their whole clipper, their whole addiction, their whole dirt could come back. This is called running away. You cannot stay in certain places. You have to disengage. You have to acknowledge the fact that these things are dangerous for you. That's the idea. Basar is not an easy thing to eat in the way you're supposed to eat it. Basar is a very, very intense food. And if you don't have an intense ability to refine it, so the Gemara says, Amar, it's also lechel basu. You see what meat does to people. That's the concept of nedarim in halacha, promises. There are things that I can't refine. On the contrary, they're going to bring me down. I have to segregate. Even though it says in Kabbalah and Nedarim are associated with Bina, the Gemara says when you make a nether, it's like you're making a nether by the life of the king, which in Kabbalah is associated with Bina. He's explaining Kabbalistically, it's called the Chaye HaMelech. Melech is how Bina becomes a mother of children. Malchus is femininity. In other words, it's a source of Midas, and that belongs to the world of Avodim. Avodim have to make Nidorim, certain promises that I cannot get close to this. Because if I get close to this, my Ra could come out and and take me out, take me down. You have to be, be careful. The Evid must leave in haste. He has to run away from Mitzrayim. Why? Because certain places, if I stay there, I don't have the equilibrium. I don't have the wholeness to be able to stick around. It's too dangerous for me. Those of us who struggle with certain things, you cannot go to certain places. The moment you go to certain places... Your Ra will come out. Somebody who's transformed could go there. He can eat this. He can be there because, because he's very refined and it's not going to trigger the Ra in him. But if I'm not refined, I have to know it. And if I'm going to go to this place or to this food or to this situation, what's going to happen? Even though I feel inspired, it can trigger the worst in me, which has not been dealt with. It was just in hibernation. And then I'm right back in servitude. And that's the idea that I have to be in a state of Barach. I have to run away from Egypt because I may have left Egypt, but Egypt has not left me. I want to be somewhere else, but there's still parts of me that are very, very enslaving. And you have to know where you have to be careful. That's the concept of a nether. Why would anybody make a nether? If the Torah permits it, do it. If not, not. The idea is because a nether is based on where you are in life. Certain things for me have to be off limit. And it's also true psychologically. We all know you could be in a very good place and then your wife tells you something or your child tells you something or your boss tells you something or you tell yourself something and what happens? You're triggered and you lose it. You lose it. Why? Because there is some brokenness in you that has never been dealt with. Even if it's been dealt with, it has not been dealt with fully. And therefore, at such moments... You're not going to be able to really emerge in full purity and glory. You have to quarantine it. You have to be able to tell yourself, you know what? 
This is a broken place and I'm not going there. And you have to run away from it. You have to know that it's there and then literally step away from it with a lot of resolve. And this is this takes haste. And this is the first Avayda where you need Chippazim. There's another element in Chippazim. It's swiftness. To connect yourself with words of There's a person who gets up to Davin, I think we'll all relate to this, and they can really melt away in ecstasy. But some people can't. Their thoughts are all over the place. And you need the chiposin, you need to be conscientious and really connect yourself to the words. The words of the Torah, the words of the davening, really, uh, they contain you, they hold on to you because of all the bilbulim of the Yetzirah of Shabbamas. We had before a meditation. So our dear uh, leader of the meditation, right, always during the meditations would say that uh, if your mind is taking you to different places, right, slowly... <laughs> move your mind away from it and try to focus on what we're talking about because our mind goes everywhere and that's a chiposan. The chiposan is I have to be able to extricate my mind and my awareness from these places and really stay focused there because yes, there's a lot of different forces going on in me. That's called being a human being. This is even in the middle of davening, even more during the day. Sometimes you start having machshavas that you really did not want. You really don't want it. But they're there. They're there. You can't escape them. I think we all know from experience, at least I know from experience, I assume one or two of you understand this. You could be in the middle of the day, right? And suddenly an image comes into your mind, or an experience, or an encounter, or uh, a conversation, or a certain person, and it really gets you, it, it drives you crazy. It could be prob- problematically moral, morally problematic. It could be promiscuous. It could be unhealthy, unproductive. But it's part of the human condition. If you're not going to run away, if you're going to say, I'm all good, I'm, I'm a wholesome person, you know what's going to happen? In a few minutes, you could be in a spiritual abyss, this happens to many, many people. They don't acknowledge that they're in a state of avdus. Yes, I want to be a servant of God, but part of me is in a different place. And I have to have the courage to extricate myself. And he says, what do you do at that moment? You can't start arguing with it. You have to connect yourself with Oisius It says in Tanya, light expels darkness. You can't fight with the light. You have to go to a place of you can't fight with the darkness. You have to go to a place of light. The message to the Jewish people was hide yourself from the word soften, like, like that soften in, in the Seder, right? to hide. Hide yourself in the Torah. It's like a hiding place. It's like a cocoon. It's an escape. In a good way, an escape. An escape, an escape to a place that's more wholesome. 
There's another element of chipazon. The first element of chipazon is haste is that there's certain things I have to run away from. Like the example he gave with meat for certain people. The second element of chipazon is that I need a place that is safe. It's called a safe zone. In davening, in the middle of the day, when you have all machshavas, where do you go? When you have these thoughts that are not good for you, where do you go? You need a good place to go, a safe place. This is chiposit. Yes, you have to be able, it's called an exit plan, a strategy plan to exit. You need an exit emergency door. Why? Because sometimes you just got to leave the room. If you stay here, you can get consumed by things you don't want to get consumed. There's another chiposit that's l'mahir asharatsi. To hasten the yearning. What does this mean? Where the person's avoid is in psukha de zimra. Not so much in contemplation, but the main avoid is in psukha de zimra. The singing, or kamoikin, is in psukha de zimra. Sometimes you're not in a position of his bainanus. The focus has to be Psukha de Zimna. What's Psukha de Zimna? You remember what we learned before? Psukha de Zimna is not so much about meditating the ideas. Psukha de Zimna is more about allowing yourself to get excited, allowing yourself to get enthusiastic. Talking about the wonders of creation, talking about your own wonders, your own relationship with God, talking about the idea to love God because it is your life. Everything is really chius eleki. The whole world is really divine energy, nothing else. There's no other institution that exists. You could look at reality today and everything we learned about, you could see happening. Even when you think about this, the focus should be to reach the Bechem. What's the Bechem? The application. You're not in a place where the elaborate meditation is necessary or even possible. You need to get to the Bechem. I'm not in a place of real hasaga, of real comprehension, where my animal soul can be transformed, where I'm truly a vessel for transcendence. I have to use the idea for application, for bechem. You have to hasten your yearning to Hashem. In a much deeper level, you don't hasten it. You're not hastening it. You're not running away. Here, yes, you are running away. You have to get yourself on fire. You have to get yourself on fire. It's a fascinating idea. You need to get yourself. Get that fire burning. Get that fire burning. I, the log, is not on fire. Okay, bring in some kerosene. We're not talking about a fake fire. Sukkot the Zimna is not fake, but we're talking about the Bechein. Finally, there's the Chipazan of the emotions. The Spilus who inyan mehidus. Hey, pachamoychim shu bisyashlus. Mashenkin is Spilus shu bimehidus. What's the difference of Midas and Moichim? His Spilus is always 
fast haste. Moichen is about a siashva settlement. Emotions rage. They're exciting. It's like a roller coaster, right? That's what we want. Excite, excitement. Sebrenta fire. Sebrenta fire. Vizakman in Karlin. Vizakman in Stalin of Shalom. Sebrenta fire. Yeah, it's a burning, a burning. A fire never rests. Fire. A fire is never relaxed. A fire burns. That, that's his spirals. Moichin is the opposite. Mishashos. Mishashos. Now, Alter Rebbe once asked, what did Moshe Rabbeinu look like during Matan Teda? What did Moshe look like during Matan Teda? I'm sure no one ever thought of Do you ever think about this question? <laughs> so you know what he answered? At Oisker cooked the Ashtik eyes. <laughs> he looked like a piece of ice. You understand? <laughs> because whenever there's excitement, there's always distance. I'm excited about you. You understand? I'm trying to overcome the distance. So his pilus is always mihidus. There's haste. Meichin is ashashos. Yeah. His pilus is mihidus. For the yeshul be spilus, you can spile gamedavarache. And because you're in a state of his pilus, you can get this fall from something that's outside of you. Or kamaykin shayef bezehefsek. You can always get interrupted. His pilus has to come to an end. You can't always move that way. It's going to come to an end. Whenever you're emotionally excited about anything, know that it's going to end. You have to know it's going to end. Moichin doesn't end. His pilus has to end. But this is what you need now. You need the haste. The ra is not transformed. You must have chiposin. It's beautiful. It's fine. Run away. So what's chiposin? Number one, run away from certain places because they're too addictive. They're too dangerous. Number one. Number two, you have to have a safe zone where you go to. There's where you go from, and there's where you go to. That's the second element of running away. Number three, chiposin is, hasten the inspiration by not focusing on the ideas per se, but on their application, even though it's a compromise, because that's what you need. And number four, allow yourself the world of espilus, which is the world of chiposin. This is all in the state of the Evid Ivri, and certainly the Evid Knaimi. They go out from slavery, bechiposin, in haste. We go later to the Amma Ivriya, the female servant, she doesn't go out in haste. She does not go out in haste, as we will continue Be'ezer Hashem tomorrow morning. So 7.45, uh, Tuesday morning, we have uh, our meditation, and uh, at 8 o'clock we'll have the shear, and now we're going to continue with the Gemara class. Everybody who is, stays with us, who stay with us, thank you very much. Those who are moving on, stay healthy and have a beautiful day. My love and blessings to all of you. May God grant a complete and speedy recovery to all those who need it. And the entire world. Have a beautiful and meaningful and inspiring and uh, courageous day. Courageous day. Courageous. That's the word today. Courageous. Oh, questions, questions, questions.
Okay, that Moshe. It seems like World 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 World, world War Three. The whole world involved, not one segment against the other, like prior wars. The whole world united, Ba'achtus, against a common unseen enemy. Yes, quite unprecedented. Unprecedented. Linda from Arizona. It's five a.m. It's very early, but I'm with you from Arizona. Thank you, Linda. You are a rock in times of trouble for people. Thank you for teaching. Thank you, Linda, for your kind words, and thank you for joining us. Reb Aaron, I absolutely want validation. Shout out for Reb Aaron, Reb Aaron. And I've been thinking about all the great fellow attendees of Rabbi Jacobson Shir in the morning. I think about you all and wish you all well. Thank you, Reb Aaron. Thank you for joining us. And Reb Aaron, we all love you and appreciate you, and thank you for being part of our Chabura. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.